Hi, and welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast, where authenticity meets wellness. I'm your host, Mackenzie Missile, a certified holistic health coach and certified international health coach. In this podcast, we're diving into the heart of health and wellness, where we'll be exploring all of the real, raw, and imperfect aspects of this transformative journey, while talking about all the wellness hot topics and trends that I know you guys see online. So without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Let's Get Real podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie Missile, and today I'm so excited to kick off episode number two, talking about all things sobriety. As you probably already saw in the title, I'm going to be talking about my two-year sobriety journey and just the process of what it was like to get sober, everything leading up to it, and just how it's been since and what life looks like for me staying sober and everything that I've learned and that I just want to share with you guys because I want to make this a very valuable episode where if you are going through something like this, then you can relate to it but also get some insights and advice from it that you can apply to your own life. Um, so when this episode goes live, it'll be two years and just under two weeks of since I've gotten sober. I got sober on January 24th, 2022, and I got to celebrate my two-year anniversary on January 24th of this year, and it was really fun. I got a tattoo on my wrist of the Roman numerals of the dates of my tattoo, which was really fun and way more painful of a tattoo experience than I thought it would be, but I really love it and I like to like look at my wrist all the time with the tattoo there and I just love seeing it because it's a nice reminder of what I did for myself and something that I was able to accomplish that was really, really hard for me. So, as I was kind of mentioning earlier, I really want to share this episode with you guys to talk about my experience and give you a perspective of someone who's been sober and has never drank alcohol or done anything of the sort since turning 21. And I just want to kind of talk about my experience to hopefully normalize it and kind of share it so that way you, if you're interested or you relate to this or something you've been thinking about or something that maybe you didn't think about but now you are, um, that you can almost hear me and relate to me and feel like you can now give yourself permission to do so if you've been thinking about it or whatever because I know I personally, when I'm struggling and debating on doing something like bigger in my life like I feel like sobriety for a lot of people can be a big change I like to hear other people's perspectives and it helps me a lot to see someone else who's done it already so that way like I know it can be done and that I will be okay and again just kind of give myself that permission to also do so because I think it's scary to like, wander into this unknown and uncertain thing that's not really normalized and not the traditional path. And throughout my journey, I feel like I learned a lot of tips and strategies that I hope I can share with you guys and will hopefully help at least one of you guys. Um, I also, in this episode, want to talk about my first experience at a bar 
being sober and ever since I kicked off this journey because I never really thought that I would be interested in doing something like that or would be able to mentally and not like feel tempted or like be able to be in a place where I can fully trust myself to not drink or whatever just going out but before we talk and get into all of that let's talk about my let's get real habit and my let's get real hot topic or trend of the week. So if you're new here, I share every single week um, a let's get real habit where I kind of, my idea is to get real about a habit I've been doing or a habit I just love or something that's been on my mind that I just want to share with you guys and talk about. And the let's get real hot topic or trend is very similar where I just want to get real about typically like a wellness trend I find on TikTok or something I see people talking about that I want to share my two cents on and put my input on. So without further ado, my let's get real habit of the week is making a mocktail specifically at home, not out in a bar. Or having an Olipop slash kombucha in a wine glass. And I'll explain why specifically at home later in the episode when I talk about my bar experience. So stick around for that. But I've been really loving, like, the idea of, like, romanticizing, like, a beverage. Like, to me, it tastes honestly better when I'm able to, like, take an Olipop and pour it over some ice in a wine glass. It just really hits different. And I love throwing in, like, a little bit of lime, the watermelon lime Olipop right now with, like, one squeezed lime and ice has been, like, my go-to thing and so refreshing and delicious. And there's nine grams of fiber in it, which is really good. My let's get real hot topic or trend of the week is the term sober curious. So before I share my opinion, I do want to note that I'm aware it's not really fully a TikTok exclusive thing or a TikTok trend, and I do recognize that it's like a movement that was formed in 2019 when the author Ruby Warrington published her book Sober Curious, and if you've never heard of like the term sober curious, basically it means questioning your alcohol use increasing awareness of your drinking habits, thinking about your decision to drink on each occasion, taking breaks from alcohol, doing more sober activities, and spending time in social settings without drinking. So in a nutshell, it's basically forming a healthier relationship with alcohol and forming healthier boundaries around it. So here's my opinion. I don't think you necessarily need to label yourself if you're interested in cutting out alcohol in this case in particular. And for me, this labeling feels a little bit of a misusage of the title of sobriety and that it strips it of the accomplishment of sobriety for people like me who are sober and especially people whose lives have been wrecked by alcoholism and addiction, who have faced breakups and divorce and financial situations and, like, even more things. So I'm proud to be the first person ever in my family to be sober, and I'll talk about that in my journey to sobriety. But when I see people claim that they're sober curious, it kind of makes me frustrated because they are continuing most likely to drink 
if you are sober curious, typically you do still drink. It's just the idea of like being curious of what life would look like without alcohol and just, again, forming healthier boundaries and a healthier relationship with it, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with. And I want to like put that disclaimer. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to want a healthier relationship with alcohol. I just think the labeling is a the aspect of it that's really harmful and hurtful to people who are truly sober. And if you're in the in-betweens of, like, figuring out if that's something you want to do, being sober or not, like, that's obviously amazing and I heavily encourage that Um, and hope you can figure out maybe, hopefully with this episode, where you want to take your journey. Like I said in the first episode of the podcast, too, I don't want this to be a place of shame and I'm just, again, sharing my real takes on wellness trends and I have seen this pop up a lot, especially last month again with Dry January, but my whole point is that if you are sober curious or like claim that title, just to maybe rethink it, Um, And I just wanted to share my two cents on the hot topic or trend. So now I want to get into the like real meat and bones of this episode. So before I get into all things sobriety, I want to put a disclaimer that obviously this will be a very heavy episode because it's a heavier topic. So if you're not comfortable listening to anything about it, you can just click out of this episode Um, but I'm gonna first be talking about what life looked like before I got sober and everything that led up to it and where my mind was at. Okay, so I would say my first experience in terms of sobriety started at a very young age. I don't have an exact number on it, but I used to grow up and go to my grandparents' house and hang around my grandfather, who was an alcoholic, and I would never see him drink anything but, like, wine or beer. And that just initially put the idea in my brain and, like, made me more conscious of sobriety and alcohol and alcoholism and everything of the sorts. And in particular, it made me want to be sober or at least, like, wait till I was 21 and be very conscious about it. And I always told my whole family that I was going to wait till I was 21 to drink. Obviously, that didn't happen. Spoiler alert. But um, I recently learned that my grandfather's alcoholism was the actual main reason for my grandparents' divorce and that he actually ended up having to go to rehab way before I was born, but it helped me put things a little bit more in perspective of how serious it was, although I was somewhat exposed to it. So like I said, unfortunately, life happened and I wasn't able to follow through with my goal of staying sober until I was 21 and waiting till I was 21 to drink for the first time. And the first time I ended up drinking was in high school, right after I was heartbroken from my first boyfriend. And I was in this, like, small friend group of two guys and another girl and myself. And to kind of, like, put it in a nutshell, like, it's a typical story. Like, we all went over to someone's house and were drinking and someone was, like, the DD. And I completely blacked out that night. And I remember being at that house. I don't even remember leaving it. And then I remember 
waking up with my head really hurting and I was laying on my driveway like that I'd fallen out of the car when they like opened the door or something and I was just laying on the ground because I was completely blackout drunk. So initially I probably took it way too far than I should have but you live and you learn and it kind of started off my journey of alcohol on a really bad note that I was taking things to like big extremes and I only really did it at the time because my first boyfriend like loved that I didn't drink and I was so innocent and all of the sorts so I was just trying to like get back at him but really I was just harming myself in the process And just the overall, like, behavior of going over and drinking with these people continued on through my junior year of high school, and then I was, like, invited to more parties, and then I ended up, like, trying weed for the first time and smoking, and it never really, like, spiraled into the worst of it and became, like, um, an everyday problem until college, but I definitely was, like, looking forward to the weekends to escape the week, for sure. That was where my mindset was at in high school, and so when I went to college, I, like I said, primarily had only drank to that point, um, but I was, like, starting to dabble in weed and smoking, like, near the end of my senior year, So when I got to my freshman year of college, I just literally went balls to the walls of drinking at first because I was on my own and then I ended up switching over to smoking because I used to get really bad hangovers and would throw up primarily like every time I drank. And then when I smoked, I ended up doing it like every day and sometimes it got to a point where I would skip classes and I would just smoke during the day and I would just like continuously smoke as much as like I could get my hands on. And for me, that's definitely where it became like a really serious problem because I loved school, but I just was in such a bad place. And from the beginning, I started using it as a coping mechanism where I was trying to get back on my boyfriend, but I was also trying to numb out the pain of that like heartbreak and rejection. And then it became like a tool of mine throughout the rest of high school on the weekends when bad stuff would happen. I would be going through a hard time. And then it carried into college when I was going through all the feelings of being on my own, figuring out who I am, like all this like independence and responsibility and being in a school with a major that probably wasn't the best decision for me. So it all kind of like spiraled out and turn into like a heavier coping mechanism instead of actually dealing with my problems at the time. And then COVID hit. So then I was sent home the spring semester of my freshman year. And since it was really sudden, I didn't have like access to like stocking up on weed or alcohol or vaping or anything that I was doing at the time. So I kind of quit for like a month I'm, I think I had some stuff that I brought home, but I didn't really have, like, a ton. And I feel like I was waiting until, like, things loosened up and I was able to leave my house and go get stuff. And then, like, as I said, um, things obviously loosened up and I was able to, like, see more of my friends again. And that, like, gave me more exposure to, like, being young and, like, a freshman in college and people even were that I went to high school with in my area, like, had 
stuff and was smoking and drinking and stuff. And obviously, like, I think we all went through really hard times with COVID and all struggled in our own ways. And for me, I ended up getting my hands on, like, a dab pen. And that's where I just went gung-ho on it and was hitting it, like, all day, every day, every moment of every day. I was hitting it like a vape. And I was still online in classes and not really presently giving it my all or being present in my life. I was just continuing to numb out and cope with the feelings of then COVID and all the problems that I had before and then being on my own. So it was just a lot stacked upon each other. And as COVID hit too, I did form an eating disorder. So then it became in like a dependency thing where I started having a lot of health issues and I'd be and very, I struggle with a lot of insomnia, and so it would help me go to sleep. It would help me deal with my anxiety and stresses of life at the time. It would help me calm myself down. It would help me eat. It would help me like get that hunger to eat. And it really became a dangerous dependency for me where I was relying on it for the basic things of eating and coping and um, going to sleep in life. So fast forward, I was able to move out the fall of 2020, um, and I continued this behavior again, like I was saying earlier when I moved out. It was, like, this newfound sense of, like, independence, and I felt the same thing again when I was able to move out that um, I could just continue these behaviors, and no one was really holding me accountable to it, and I wasn't holding myself accountable to it, so it gave me more freedom just to continue to smoke all the time, and then I would hang out with, um, people in my life who were smoking as much as I was and just encouraged it, so if I was, like, trying to lean into, like, I'll cut back a little bit, then they would, like, invite me to smoke, and then it just felt like I couldn't really say no. But fast forward to January of 2021, that's where I feel like I had my first awakening and like consciousness to how much of a problem it was in my life where I woke up and had like so much anxiety. Like I would wake up and I could not even describe to you like the amount of pain it was just to like, it felt like I was like dying. Like I was in a constant panic attack. And I like went to Trader Joe's and I got a bunch of like herbal teas and nothing was helping and even smoking was like making it worse. So that's where I decided to quit and I got sober for four months and I felt honestly really good. I just felt like I didn't have a strong of a reason or motivation for quitting though. Like I felt better and I feel like I kind of forgot about what that feeling was like and I was able to dismiss what I had experienced before um, because I kept the same people around who were heavily smoking and it just encouraged me to quit the sobriety that I had going for those four months. And obviously when I say these things, it's my responsibility. I recognize that I chose to break my own sobriety, but it does not help to have people who aren't encouraging what's best for you. And when you communicate, like being sober is best. And when they're stuck, in the same place that you're at and they see you outgrowing them in that regard, it's easier for them to stay where they are and drag you back in. Like, misery loves company. And 
I wasn't strong enough or conscious enough to realize that and stay strong and be accountable to myself in my sobriety. So I ended up relapsing and smoking from like May through January of 2022. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I did end up getting sober in January of 2022. So that's kind of where it leads me off of what the perspective was like leading up to the actual days that I got sober, um, which I'll, I guess, share now with you guys. So, making the decision to get sober for, like, the real time and stick with it and actually do it for real was definitely because of a rock-bottom moment in my life that pushed me to get sober, and I think this is a common thread and a common element of the sobriety journey for so many people that experience it that a lot of times I don't feel like you choose sobriety. I feel like it chooses you and life forces you to get sober or people in your life like call you out for your behavior and make you get sober or whatever the situation is for you um, or that people have experienced. I think that's a very common element. So for me, it was life. And to put in perspective and I guess give backstory to like that time period of my life, I was at school in college and I was um, a junior. Yeah, I was in the middle of my junior year of college and I was still struggling with my eating disorder and it was the same issues of dependency that I was struggling with that I had like the year before and that I like was just really not doing well because of. Um, And at the time, my boyfriend and I had gotten to, like, a pretty big fight. And at the time, I was just very anxious because of this fight and very, like, prone to be anxious because of the weed and just was not in a good mental state or physical state and just very, very low moment of my life. So, when that fight broke out, it just kind of added another thing to my pile of things going on in my life, and the anxiety got the best of me, and I got to a point where I was so nauseous, and I would just throw up so much, and I, like, could not cope with it. I just was so nauseous, and I was throwing up every 10 to 20 minutes for hours upon hours. I couldn't keep down water. I couldn't keep down food. And I already wasn't really eating anything. So I was at a very low state health-wise. The day I ended up getting sober was the day I ended up having to go to the hospital because of that stuff where I went to my school's clinic and they sent me immediately to the ER just because I was in such bad shape. Um, and because of my anxiety, I hadn't really slept the night before. I wasn't eating. I wasn't properly, like, getting the right nutrients. I was dehydrated. And because I was dehydrated, I wasn't, like, peeing, like, enough that they said, which is kind of TMI. But it was just a really bad, low place in my life, um, and a place that forced me to, like, look around at where I was and realize that I never wanted to be so low in my life or feel that way ever again. Um, and I feel like when I sat in the ER in the, my hospital bed that I heard a voice and call it what you want for your own personal beliefs, but for me, I thought I heard God for the first time, like, truly 
the voice of God in my life that I never experienced before. And it felt like he told me to get sober and I just listened to it. And I felt like I was already gaining my own clarity of the situation and it was just a further like level of validation to like commit to the actual action of getting sober and that's what I did. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about how I actually stuck to getting sober and that it lasted for me because I can talk about the nitty-gritty of how I actually got sober, but for me, this is what actually made it effective for me and sustainable and I'm not trained in this. This is just my experience. This is not medical advice by any means and if you are suffering with alcoholism, that's very much more serious and needs to be done with a professional. I'm not a substitute for that. I'm just sharing what helped me in hopes that if you are in a similar position as me, that these things might help you along with your journey. So, the very first thing that I did right as I left the hospital was I grabbed my bong and I threw away everything that I had of old vapes or everything that I just didn't want in my room and in my environment that I could get a craving later and then it would just be in my room and I could just go smoke or have a drink or whatever it is. So definitely consider throwing that all out, even though that's maybe not the most environmentally safe thing or if you really just want to give it to a friend But I would also say with that, be very careful because you don't want a friend that you know will just give it back to you. Like, you want to completely eliminate this from your environment so you know you won't get it back. So, for me, throwing that out was the way because I'm not going to go dumpster diving and pull it out. I would say number two, unsubscribe from smoke shops, companies, bars, clubs, etc. in your email that pop up in your inbox every single day or every week or however frequent you receive them because you don't want to check your email. I check my email every day and you don't want to check it and then see a promotion for something and then it makes you think about smoking or drinking or whatever you're trying to quit. And on the very same vibe is that I would say unfollow companies on Instagram and TikTok or whatever social media you have that you follow companies or smoke shops or bars or clubs like I said same thing that do promotions and talk about it so that way you don't feel tempted to potentially buy something or go out Another key thing for me that really helped me on my journey, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, is reconsidering the friends that you have that you only see when you go out drinking or smoking, or just people that do these things um, as their primary hobby. Because I had a lot of friends who would pretty much just smoke all the time or only wanted to do activities high. And for me, getting sober, that didn't align with where I wanted to go. And looking back, that is single-handedly probably the best thing I did besides throwing out everything from the beginning because then I wasn't around it and I wasn't with someone who would tempt me or encourage me to do this when I was already struggling with self-discipline and already suffering with like cravings and things of the sorts. And I would say if you are like quitting vaping, something that I've seen online recently or like since I got sober that I wish I knew um, that I didn't end up really doing because I actually ended up going cold turkey and just leaving the hospital and pretty much quitting everything from the beginning. 
So I would recommend replacing your habits if possible. If like in terms of vaping, I would say is the best way to do this. So if you're addicted to vapes, there's this company and this is not sponsored, but I've just seen this since called Ripple Plus. And they have these vapes that have no nicotine in them and are like plant-based. Obviously, that's not like the most healthy thing and you don't want just to do that all the time. But when you're initially coming off of vaping and you want to have that fixation of like bringing something up and having the smoke in your mouth, that would be a really good option just to replace your habit um, initially, especially for cravings. I've also seen people talk about sour candy and the water bottle that has a straw that's very similar to a vape shape. And another thing that helped me on my journey of sustaining this was repairing my health. So that way I was able to get to the roots of where my dependencies on weed lied. So I was getting to the roots of my insomnia and healing my eating disorder and getting the help I needed to become healthier and a better person that I was not dependent on this any longer and that I just wouldn't have these cravings or even use it as a coping mechanism for my anxiety. And the last tip and strategy I have is creating a why statement or a purpose for why you want to quit to begin with. And that will come up for you when you're really struggling with self-discipline, that it gives you a reason to fall back on of this is why I'm going to continue to not do this specific thing, especially when you're tempted and want to give up. And on the note of sticking with sobriety, I just want to admit how hard it was for me and that it took me six to nine months for my cravings to dissipate. So for me to really fully break that habit and not rely on it and just not be so frustrated every single day that I couldn't do it, it really took a solid six to nine months, which was really difficult and really hard mentally just to deal with. So if you're choosing to be sober, um... Acknowledge how hard it is and give yourself grace because it's a really difficult process and I hope that doesn't stray you away from it, but it is difficult at first and once you're able to get over that hump, it's so much easier. Like, I don't think about it at all. I don't think about anymore. If I'm anxious, I'm thinking about like, did I go for a walk or did I eat enough and all these other things and I don't even like it does not cross my mind to go smoke at all and even when I smell it like if I'm driving through the city I don't think about it in the way of like oh I'm having an intense craving like I just get flashbacks of when I used to do it and reasons for me not to do it anymore and I hope that if you are in a similar position to that I was in you're able to also get to a place where I'm now in. So if you are going through this journey, give yourself grace and time and a lot of self-compassion because it's, again, really difficult. And you should be proud of yourself for even wanting to do so and trying your best to begin with. And I also want to note that it's okay to fail and it's okay to relapse because I like I said, got sober for four months and then ended up smoking for another eight before I actually got sober for real. So give yourself grace. It's not going to be perfect from the beginning and it's not going to be easy. So as I teased earlier in the beginning of this episode, I did go out to a bar for the first time being sober and I never thought this day would ever happen because when I quit, I just 
really focused on not putting myself in positions to be so triggered and tempted. So if I was quitting smoking, I didn't want to be in a place where people weren't prioritizing sobriety. And that was really big for me. But now that I'm at a place where I'm not having cravings or feeling weak in that sense, I feel very strong with my sobriety and I feel very confident and I have formed a lot more self-trust with myself that I knew I was able to do so again because I just wanted to go out with the people in my life that I love and there are people in my life who still drink but they have a lot more healthier boundaries with that because I only really want to keep people in my life who are going to help sustain my journey and not tempt me or push me off of it. That's my biggest priority in life. Um, But when I did go, I kind of went in with the mindset that I already knew what I wanted to order, so there was no switching anything. I had a game plan from the moment that I got ready and when I left and got to the bar that I was going to order a Diet Coke and nothing would have changed my mind that I didn't really even allow myself to look fully at the menu because I didn't want to feel any type of way. And I was just trying to set myself up for success going out for the first time and that there was a lot of unknown things that I might feel or experience or triggers. So I wanted to make it as easy as possible for myself. And something on that note that I want to share is I I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like all over my TikTok page is people talking about how they've been accidentally served alcohol. Um, when they order a mocktail out and that they are sober and that has scared the living shit out of me to go to a bar and order a mocktail so that was why I was really adamant about not even ordering a mocktail because I didn't want an accident like that to happen but thankfully I feel like TikTok scared me enough to like stick to my game plan and not really risk it Um, And that's why I also said when I talked about mocktails earlier with my Let's Get Real habit that I'm not ordering mocktails out right now because I'm not risking it and putting myself in a position to be accidentally served. But if you do want to order a mocktail out and you're fine risking it, I would say have someone who is drinking alcohol with you try it first because then they can taste it and be like, okay, something's in here and then you can get it sent back and you can get a new drink. Um, That's definitely also a way around it. And the main thing I would say overall that I want to conclude just like my experience on is that I felt so much better going out knowing that I would wake up the next day not hungover. I worked on myself so heavily the last two years as my sobriety journey to stay sober and heal root issues that I was dealing with. So when I went out, I wasn't relying on a drink to make me perk up and feel confident and outgoing. Like I was really proud of myself that I worked on myself so heavily to get to that point where I could authentically show up as me and be present and actually enjoy the time that I was spending with the people I love because that was something that I didn't really experience, that I was so caught up in my own world that I wasn't really present for those past moments where I'd go out and now being sober I'm really happy and looking forward to being able to do so and show up for the people in my life like that. 
So I touched on this in the process of getting sober slash staying sober, but I want to really dive into changing your why statement or really the evolution of it because I've never seen anyone talk about this and I think it's such a focal point, at least of my sobriety journey, where I was at rock bottom when I got sober and as I evolved as a person, I feel like my purpose aligned with who I was becoming and that changed throughout time. So initially when I got sober, it was all about my dependency on weed in particular and that I wasn't happy having to rely on this for eating and sleeping and my anxiety. But once I removed that dependency, it shifted into not fully trusting myself and knowing that although I'm in a healthier place, that I don't trust myself to do this only in moderation. So I'm just not going to have it in my life at all. So after that point, I feel like my why statement or my purpose for being sober was more about my health and the more that I learned about how weed and alcohol affects the brain, particularly, and just your gut. And I didn't really want those negative effects anymore. So I just wasn't an option for me, that I just wasn't willing to do that and harm myself in that way. And finally, where my purpose has led me to, and I feel like this is more of um, a purpose that will sustain me throughout life and something I keep falling back to, is that I want to set the example for my future children, and I hope that this continues when I do have children, the same reason that... I want to be a good example for them and I want to continue to break that chain in my family of alcoholism and addiction and I want to set that example that it is possible and that you don't have to succumb to these things and you can be strong enough and that this is not the only option for your life. So that's my personal experience with my purpose changing and my why statement changing and I think it's important to acknowledge that as you continue to grow as a person and you go through different stages of your life with having children and jobs and family and whatever your life situations look like that your reasoning for being sober will change according to whatever is happening in your life and where your priorities and values go because for me my priorities were not at all thinking about future children and not that I'm planning on having children in like even the next five years but I do want to start building the life that I'm able to provide them down the road when I am going to have children. So definitely don't get too stuck on a specific reasoning for getting sober and allow it to be fluid and change with you and as you grow as a person. But before we wrap up this episode, I want to touch on one final concept in terms of sobriety that, as I mentioned in the title of this episode, I felt like sobriety and addiction and alcoholism had such control over me. And for me, getting sober was my take on getting control back and taking that accountability and responsibility back over my life and not allowing life to fade before my eyes. So I want to acknowledge that although I hit rock bottom to have these realizations and was able to actually get sober, that if I had never had that moment 
I probably would not be the person, I would not be the person that I am today. And that's something to celebrate, especially in the concept when people share that they've been sober for two years. I think it's kind of interesting that when I share, like, I've been sober for two years, I'm sharing it's been two years since I hit rock bottom. And I think this applies to so many other areas of our lives, especially in terms of, like, toxic relationships or leaving a toxic job where we should celebrate those also too, that although we have these low moments, we should celebrate for the place that they hold in our lives in getting us to higher and better moments and pushing us to grow and change because without them, we would stay stagnant and we would stay the same and still be in the same positions. And for me, I needed to fail in order to form that motivation to get sober. And I needed that push in life to inevitably quit for real that time. So every month when I share that I'm sober or talk about it with people in my life or celebrate it even on my own or every year, I am celebrating essentially the greatest failure of my life. But I'm happy to share that because... It pushed me to be the happiest and most fulfilled and content that I've ever been and actually pushed me down the road of becoming the person that I never knew I could become but inevitably was meant to be. So on that note, I want to encourage you to celebrate more of your rock bottom moments to the place that they hold in your life. And I want to leave you on a few recap points of this episode before wrapping up fully. So, one, it's okay at any point in your life to decide that this doesn't serve you, whatever that is, particularly in this episode, sobriety. Two, you are inevitably responsible for your sobriety. Three, if you're trying to stick to being sober, focus on changing your environment that will actually help you maintain that goal. Four, it's okay to fail and try again and again and again. Five, it's okay for your purpose behind it or your why statement to change and evolve throughout time, especially as you change and evolve as a person and your values and priorities change with that. And finally, celebrate your rock bottoms because of how they pushed you to become a better version of yourself. So finally, I just want to mention that sobriety was literally the best gift that I actually truly could have given myself and I really mean that and want to acknowledge that in the loudest possible way I can because without it my life would have gone down a very dark hole and a very dark route and I'm very grateful that although I had my own challenges in life that it could have been a lot worse and I'm grateful that I was able to pull myself out of that place and give myself that gift of sobriety and that if I can do it you can also do it too. So this is your sign that if you've been thinking about it, you should probably do it too. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'm so excited to be talking to you guys again next week. And without further ado, have a good rest of your week, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Let's Get Real podcast. If you enjoyed our candid conversations about health and wellness, don't forget to subscribe for more real and raw insights. The best way to support the podcast is to rate and review. Also, if you'd like to connect with the podcast and I on social media, you can find us at at Mackenzie Missile and at Let's Get Real Pod on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. I'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, or even share your own wellness journey with me. 
Lastly, remember your wellness journey is uniquely yours. Embrace the imperfections, celebrate the victories, and let's continue this journey together. Until next time, stay real and stay well. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. As always, seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions that you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have heard in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided is at your own discretion.